You're listening to Car Seat Questions, a podcast for parents of curious kids. I'm Lauren. And I'm Eddie. And if you're anything like us, you either have a kid or you care for a kid with questions. Questions about all sorts of things. So for the next half hour, hop into the passenger seat, buckle your belt, and become childlike with us as the Lord takes us where he wants us to go. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to this episode of the Car Seat Questions podcast. And today, we're going to be talking with Clayton Keaton. Clayton, thank you so much for joining us today as we talk about a uh, very interesting topic in that of Satan. And so, uh, would you just tell um, us and the listeners out there a little bit about uh, what you do and what your background is? Yeah, I am a teaching pastor at Christ Community Church that's in St. Charles, Illinois, and uh, I have been there for about eight years, and I spend most of my time talking with adults, but I happen to have uh, three really curious kids who ask me lots of good questions, especially in the car. So uh, I've got yes. a kindergartner, a third grader, and a sixth grader, so um, I love to to talk with them about these things. Yeah, yeah right now, our uh, our little guy, he's He's kind of curious. He's not asking uh, questions just yet, but he is blabbering to himself a lot. So <laughs> I, I think, I think he's going to be uh, a big he, talker. He never stops talking. <laughs> yes, I'm sure we'll get a lot of questions soon. Right now, he's just learning how to like pray as a family together. So that's cute. Oh, that's so much fun. Yeah, it's the best. So we actually surveyed a group of parents, and before starting this podcast, and we're like. What questions are your kids asking? We don't want to just like think about what kids are asking and just, you know, assume in our own minds what they're actually thinking. So um, we surveyed a group of parents like, what are your kids thinking about, asking about? And a lot of questions came up about Satan. Oh, yeah. Which I guess is not really surprising because it's like this kind of like figure of our imaginations. And we just kind of have to like assume what he's like and we have very little actual facts about what it looks like and we have like a whole backstory and so but we're also I think a lot of times maybe not so much now but at least when we were growing up taught to like fear him and so it's like okay it's this fearful kind of character in our lives and so I guess it makes sense that kids have a lot of questions about him I was going back into some um, theology notebooks from when I was at Moody and I don't remember what we were talking about. I think it was probably like a demonology class of some kind. <laughs> and I had like doodled on the side, like the stereotypical picture of Satan with like horns and a squiggly tail. And I just yeah. was like, how do we get these images of Satan? Like where do these, obviously it's culture, but like, do we have a picture of what Satan actually looks like and is like for us to imagine? Yeah, in the in the Bible, we we don't have any of those images of the horns, the pitchfork, the tail, the red suits, all of those <laughs> things, the mustache. Yes. Like none of, none of that is there. I don't know the the cultural origins of those things. I know they're fairly recent. So in my study of church history, that is not actually very common until you know somewhat mm. recently. But when you go back into scripture, um, we don't actually get a lot of physical descriptions. Obviously, there's that snake in the garden. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but that's not, it's not like there's a big description of that. And there are some kind of more metaphorical descriptions about Satan as a dragon and things like that. But mm. whether that's what he literally looks like or not, it's, it's unlikely. Um, it's more about what, what he represents and what that feels like. So mm-hmm. we don't actually have a description of what he looks like, but he certainly doesn't have a 
horns and a pitchfork. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're, we're confident on that one. Yeah, I think we should take a poll and <laughs> try and figure out, okay, what color do we think Satan is? Is, is he yeah. like red, right? Or oh. if we think he's a dragon, is he like, does he look like Smaug? You know, oh my like, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be actually oh. pretty cool. But So how do we... So since we don't have a lot of, um, I guess, historical information, like how do we talk to our kids about the origins of Satan? Yeah, that's that's a good question because I think a lot of people assume the Bible just kind of tells the story of where he came from, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't just spell it out. So most of the things we know about where Satan comes from uh, are reading between the lines in passages that are really about other things. Um, what we do know is this, God made Satan uh, good. He didn't make him evil. And that's one of the things that kids often wonder about, you know, um, but he, just like everything that God made, uh, God made good things and uh, whatever went wrong, went wrong because those, you know, those creatures chose to go wrong. So when we talk about Satan and kind of how he rebelled against God, we don't just have like the story out there. There's little bits and pieces, hints of things. We know that Satan was um, you know, a spiritual creature that God made uh, to help run the universe behind the scenes, kind of like angels, you know, the, the kind of that category of spiritual creatures. Um, but at some point he decided he didn't want to just kind of work for God. He wanted to be in charge. And so what he does is he attacks the people that God had put in charge of the world, which are Adam and Eve, and mm-hmm. tries to get them to do what he wants them to do so that he can be the be the one who's running the show. But beyond that, we don't have like, you know, the, the backstory narrative uh, that we want. Um, we just know that God made him good. And at some point he decided he didn't, he, just like humans did, he didn't want to, to serve God. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a, and this is, I don't want this to go on to a tangent, but I always find this like part of like the, the Bible story to be very interesting because it, it seems like Satan had already existed, right? By the time uh, like creation happened and he, uh, you know, the serpent appears to Adam and Eve in the garden. And the best picture I ever got of this was reading um, Paradise Lost by John Milton. There's mm-hmm. a, there's an entire like story that's happening like in the cosmos, right? Mm-hmm. Between like good and evil. So it's like this whole thing of like, did evil always exist or did it exist at one point in time? You know, so again, that's a whole different topic, but I think that that's interesting. Like when we talk about like the origins of Satan and like when this all came about, like we don't have the, like the, the biblical information to, to know, right, for certain. Yeah. So when Milton's writing that, he's using his imagination. He doesn't, he, he's trying to speculate mm-hmm. about what could be, he's really writing a fantasy that has moral truth in mm-hmm. it. Um, but we don't actually have that story right. in the Bible. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think what you said about, um, you said, you know, Satan wanted to be in charge. And I think this is such a temptation for all of us today like to be in charge, to like be the leaders of our own lives, to, you know, be the leaders of whatever company we're over or whatever and not follow Christ. And it's like such a big warning to look at, like, I guess you could say like the life of Satan and to see like what that kind of pride and desire can get you into. It's really interesting to think about. Um, how do we, okay. So I was talking about the beginning, you know, we kind of fear Satan. Do you think that we should talk to our kids about having fear of Satan or how should we go about this? You know, sometimes kids just kind of develop fears of their own, even if we're not trying to impart that to them. How do we talk about kids and a fear of Satan or how we should think about him? 
Yeah, I think with with kids especially, but I I also find this in adults. But with kids especially, uh, that sense of fear is really the the biggest challenge. Um, I mean, kids are scared of lots of things. They're yeah. they're little. The world is not in their control, and they don't understand a lot of it. And when you put, yeah. you know, essentially what sounds like a big scary monster out there, um, and you say that, yeah. that, that they're real, um, that's 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 pretty mm-hmm. overwhelming for for kids. Um, but what's interesting though is the Bible never tells us to fear Satan. Uh, in mm. fact, um, the Bible tells us again and again, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that is not because Satan is not powerful or bad or whatever, um, but it's because Jesus has already defeated Satan. So the reason we're not afraid yeah. is because the one who is completely you know, uh, on our side, who's for us has already conquered Satan. And so we don't have anything mm-hmm. to fear. Um, Satan is no longer some big, big, bad, unstoppable force. He's a defeated mm-hmm. enemy and he's throwing tantrums. So, you know, it could cause problems, but it's not something ultimately to be afraid of. I also think that there is a misconception, and I think this is true among adults too, uh, about what Satan is doing most of the time. Um, I think that uh, he is mm-hmm. often presented as kind of a monster or a ghost from a scary movie. And we think that the main yeah. thing he's trying to do is scare us or hurt us, you know, like the monster, like the ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Bible has no stories, zero stories where that is what Satan is doing. What Satan is doing almost all the time is tempting people or lying to people. He's trying to get them to uh, want things or believe things that are not true and therefore do things that God doesn't want them mm-hmm. to do. That's what he's doing with Adam and Eve in the garden. That's what he's trying to do with uh, Jesus in the wilderness. We don't see stories where he's lurking yeah. behind a corner, going to attack you, jump out or do something. So I think yeah. kids imagine <laughs> Satan like he's lurking mm-hmm. in the dark corners of my room. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not that's never really like the thing that the Bible says Satan's doing. He's he's trying to convince us of things that are not true and get us to want mm-hmm. things that are not good. And that's more where the danger actually is from. And those are actually things that are easier to yeah. confront without feeling afraid. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, so, so along those same lines, why do you think, in your opinion, why do we oftentimes blame Satan for our okay. sin or our, <laughs> our wrongdoings? Because I know, I mean, I, I'm sure yeah, you've heard that a lot, right? Like, oh, yeah. well, Satan made me do it, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and sometimes that's like kind of like playful language, but I think sometimes people are like somewhat serious, right? In that, in that there's like this spiritual being like making them mm. like do something yeah. sinful. Mm hmm. Yeah. And we have that, that kind of popular image of like the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other yes. shoulder and whispering in my ears. Yes. Um, and that's, it, it's interesting because in some ways that is capturing something that is true. There is not literally a, you know, thing sitting on your shoulder. Um, but the idea that what Satan is here to do is to get us to turn away from God and do things we shouldn't do um, is true. That's his goal. And so um, Satan does try to influence us by putting things in our lives that are going to tempt us or mislead us. Um, But at the same time, the Bible is always really clear. Our decisions, our choices to sin or not sin are on us. And so while there may be pressure, there may be temptation, um, it is, we can never offload responsibility. Like in the, in the Mm -hmm. garden of Eden, this is actually what happens, right? Like uh, God says, Adam, what'd you do? And Adam says, well, Eve tempted me. Eve says, he says, Eve, what did you do? Eve says, well, the servant tempted me. And the the reality is mm-hmm. all three of them are in trouble and all three of them are responsible for their choices. <laughs> right. um, and so n- you can never say, well, I was influenced by them. So I'm not responsible. The, um, so we sometimes say that, 
because we it's hard to take responsibility, uh, but it's never actually yeah. true. Yeah. And I think we also have to, you know, we talk about sin in multiple different ways. You know, there's like our own sin nature causes us to sin. It's not just always th- influence from Satan or things from the outside, but we also have our own sin nature and sin of the world. And we have Satan. Like there's multiple ways that we can be tempted and to be, um, to try to trip us up into sin. And so I think maybe just having like a better grasp of like our own sin nature too. And not, yeah, like you said, like we need to take responsibility for our own actions, which is hard. <laughs> it's yeah, not sure fun. Is. And kids, kids learn really early on to not take responsibility. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have some questions that we got from actual children that I want to pose them to you exactly how they asked because kids are the best. Um, so one kid said, if we're supposed to love everyone, do I have to love Satan? Oh, that is, that's this such question a good question. really got me. Oh, it is a good Such question. a good question. Um, because the Bible is so clear, not just that we need to love everybody, but also that we need to love our enemies. And so it, it gets oh, complicated when yeah. a kid says, well, we actually sometimes call Satan the enemy, you know, um, am I yeah. supposed to love him? Um, and I think if I was talking to a kid, I would make the answer really simple. I say, no, you do not have to love Satan. I would say, actually, he's the one person you get to hate. <laughs> the one <You> know, person. <laughs> sometimes we, we wonder why we have the feelings that God gave us, you know, um, and all the feelings have some proper place to go. You know, there are some things that are scary and we can, you, you know, be cautious about. And there are things that make us sad and it's okay to be sad. And there are things that make us really happy. We have all these feelings that have the right place. And sometimes we wonder, well, what about hate? Like, is there, mm-hmm. like, is, if I'm not allowed to hate, is why do I have that feeling? Why, why can I hate mm. anything? Well, the reason is God gave you hate. So you would hate evil. And Satan is the mm. one who uh, represents and has fully embraced evil. And so he is the one we're actually given permission to hate. We're supposed to, to be against him. Um, and so, um, no, you don't have to love Satan. That's good. I was really taken back by the question. So, yeah. Yeah, because I don't know how I would have. I mean, neither. Thank you for that. <laughs> I would have been like, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, why did God make Satan? Oh, that's that's so good. Um, well, God God made Satan the, for the same reason He made everything else uh, because He wanted to make a world full of good things. And I think sometimes we get confused because we think God made Satan as He is, which is evil. Um, but God didn't make yeah. Satan originally evil. God made Satan good, one of his good creations, one of the the spiritual beings who was helping God run the world. And so God made Satan because he had a good purpose for him, uh, but Satan chose to turn against God. So uh, God didn't make Satan to be the bad guy. He made Satan to be a good guy, but Satan chose to become uh, a bad guy. I I love this this next question because it's so honest. Um, and sometimes like I, I feel like as as adults, we don't um, maybe think out loud this way, right? Because like of, of how maybe like absurd the question is. But this question is like, why didn't God destroy Satan in the garden so humans didn't have to deal with this sin problem? Mm. I'm not trying to deal with it either. <laughs> oh, that would have solved some problems. It seems like, wouldn't it? Uh, right. This is this is a tricky one. This is a tricky one. Um, cause it's, it's really that the whole question of why did God make a world at all that had the possibility of mm-hmm. sin or pain or evil and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a hard question for anybody to answer. 
Um, so I really, I really think there are kind of two answers that I would try to communicate to a kid. And the first one is that bigger picture uh, question. Um, why did God make a world where there were bad things? And the, the simple answer is this. God made a world where it was possible for us to choose either to love or not to love God, to, to choose whether to do the right thing or the wrong thing. And it's God doesn't want us to uh, just sort of automatically have to do the right thing because then it's not actually the right thing. So I think about, um, so on my phone, I Siri, on my phone, I can ask Siri to give me a compliment. And, you know, Siri is programmed to give these witty compliments to me. <laughs> uh, but I don't take that very seriously. Siri's compliments don't make me feel good about myself. They don't feel meaningful to me because I know Siri had no choice but to give me that compliment. God isn't interested in that from us. He doesn't want to just say, you have to love me mm -hmm. uh, just because. He wants us to want to, to do what's right and love him. And so God made a world where there were choices between good and evil, sin and, and following God. And, um, and so Satan was given that choice. Uh, and then humans were given that choice. And the, the truth is, even if God got rid of Satan before that serpent came to Adam and Eve, if he stopped them, we would still have to face the choice and we would still have some form of yeah. temptation. There would still be some decision to either do the right thing or not. So at one level, that's mm -hmm. why Satan or no Satan, there would still be the possibility of bad things in the world. The more specific answer is this. Um, God actually did do something to stop Satan. He actually put some guards in that garden, some people who are there to protect the garden mm -hmm. and keep out all evil things. And you know who that was? Yeah. Adam and Eve. And they didn't do their job. So the question is, God, why didn't you do something about Satan? The question is, humans, why didn't you do something about Satan? You were in charge of the world. God, Adam and Eve were the king and queens of creation. They were made in God's image to, to yeah. run the world. And when the enemy shows up and says, I'd like to do things different, it was their job to say, get out of here. And if they had done that, the garden mm -hmm. would have been protected and the world would have been protected, but they didn't. And so... It's not that God didn't do anything. It's that the people God put in charge to do something, they didn't do anything to stop Satan. And so that's, you know, that's not the easiest answer to digest, but um, yeah. I think it's probably the true one. Yeah. And I think like Adam and Eve were given the instruction. They weren't just like supposed to figure it out on their own. He told them specifically what to do and what not to do. And they still chose not to. We talked about in our first episode, we actually talked with Randy Isola about the spiritual development of a child. Yeah. And if God was just a God who allowed, just made us do whatever he wanted, we only could love him. We didn't have a choice. As Randy said, he'd be like an evil dictator. And who wants a God that that is like that? But to have to have a God that allows us choice and allows us to choose between, you know, have our own, you know, will is a God who is all loving and kind and wants us to come back to him and to be like beckoned back to him. Yeah, that's right. God, God wants partners in relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even, even in the same garden was also like the tree of life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The tree of life was also there. Um, so yeah, it's just, I, I think oftentimes we don't think about like, Hey, like Adam and Eve, they were given the charge to like protect mm -hmm. the world, you know? And, yeah. and as we know, they, they didn't do a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Clayton, you you had mentioned a, uh, a misconception uh, about Satan earlier. Yeah. Um, do you think there are other, uh, and you could just just name one. It, are there other misconceptions um, about Satan, like in today's uh, yeah today's world or today's culture? 
Well, I, I actually I actually have a, a handful of, of little ones here. Um, one, one that might surprise yeah. people is um, we don't actually know Satan's name. So a lot of people think Satan is his name or Lucifer is his name. Yeah. Um, Lucifer mm-hmm. is not a word in the Bible. Um, it's a word from a translation <laughs> of, of the Bible that was never actually used to describe Satan. So it got confusing at some point. Uh, but even the word Satan, it means uh, accuser. It's like more of a title. It's someone who, you know, brings a charge against someone saying you're you're in trouble. Um, so we don't actually know his name. Um, and so we kind of use titles, the enemy, mm. the evil one, the accuser, that sort of thing. And Satan is just yeah. the Hebrew word that means accuser. Um, so that's one misconception. Another one is this. Um, mm. I think a lot of people think that Satan is kind of the king of hell. Like he's in charge, like it's his kingdom and he's in charge of hell. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like you, you yeah. see cartoons or whatever, and he's like in, like in charge of whatever's going on there. Um, the, the reality is hell is Satan's prison. So Jesus actually says this. He says that this was prepared for the mm. devil and his angels. Like the, the evil forces are supposed to go there. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't want to be there at all. So he's, he's not king. He's a prisoner there. And so hmm. um, he's trying to avoid being there. And that's ultimately where he'll be, be sent. But he doesn't. He's not in charge and he doesn't want to be there. So that's a misconception. Um, the other one, and this, this one I think is more important, especially for a kid, is I think a lot of people think that Satan is sort of like God, but just the bad version. Hmm. And because of that, he's got all the powers of God. He's everywhere. He knows everything. He can read my mind. He's can control whatever. And that's simply not true. Uh, Satan is not everywhere. He doesn't know everything. Um, he can't, there's no indication in the Bible that he knows our thoughts. You know, he's, he's not inside our head. And I think those things, especially for a kid can be the really scary parts, you know? Yeah. Um, and, th- and he's just not, he's not God's equal. He's a limited creature. Um, you, you know, he may be mm. powerful in some ways, but he is not like God. Um, and I think that's important for, for kids and, and for adults to, to really understand. Yeah. No, that's really good. Yeah, I've I have definitely pictured oh, Satan peering sitting, over the wall. Sitting on like a very uh evil sinister throne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh <laughs> the evil king, yeah. Yeah. But I mean I, I mean Clayton, that's really good as a reminder, like he's he's not like reigning over anything. Mm-hmm. He's he's a prisoner. Yeah, right. That's and really good. hell is where he's going to eventually end up forever. Makes me feel better. Um, (laughs) What is one thing kind of opposite of that? What's one thing that you would want every child to know about Satan or even evil? Yes. Yes. Um, The biggest thing is this. Satan can't beat Jesus. I I think that is so important. Satan can't beat Jesus. In fact, Jesus has already beaten Satan. So Satan's still around. He's still trying to cause trouble, but he has already been definitively conquered. When Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, Satan no longer had any power or influence. He was never going to win because of what Jesus did. And so Jesus is not scared of the devil. The devil is scared of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that means that for like, for my, I, I tell my kids this, like you don't have to be scared of the devil uh, because Jesus isn't and Jesus is on your side. And mm-hmm. it also means you don't have to face evil in the world alone. You're not out there kind of fighting and it's going to be scary because you got to somehow beat Satan. Uh, Jesus, that's his job. He's already done that and he continues to do that. Um, and Jesus fights for us. So we don't have to be scared. So mm. that's my big thing. Satan can't beat Jesus because uh, Jesus has already beaten Satan. Yeah. Amen. I think maybe it's even kind of helpful to picture him as more of like an annoyance than like this person <laughs> that is like powerful and like ruling in our lives that he's just like annoying and we have to deal with it. But like 
to keep pushing it off you know right yeah i think sometimes we 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 give him like too much credit yeah. right mm-hmm. or again we, we just picture him as this like ultimate like powerful being yeah. and that's not necessarily true yeah we don't give Rex in this podcast but i'm about to producer <laughs> I'm, I'm about to I think everyone should read Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. It just is a helpful kind of like picture into like, what does it look like? And what does it look like for these, you know, Satan and his minions to just like be annoying and to like come after us. But also at the end of it, you know, Jesus is all powerful and is in control of the world and he isn't scared of Satan. Mm -hmm. So I feel actually encouraged. I thought talking about Satan at 9 a.m. was going to be a lot, but I feel encouraged. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, uh, Clayton, for joining us today and um, for taking on this big kind of subject that maybe a lot of people wouldn't. We really appreciate your time um, and for yeah jumping on here with us. Yeah, happy to do it. It's fun to be a part of the conversation. Thanks, guys. And then with Clayton, with uh, with all of our episodes, we like to um, end with a benediction. So I'll go ahead and uh, read it and send us off. To him who is able to do far more than we can understand... May he give us the wisdom to raise our children to first love God above all else and love others as themselves. Go in peace. Amen. So thanks so much for joining us, listener. Episodes drop every Wednesday, so be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks. Thanks.